everyone. I'm Rachel Poli, your host for the Merry Writer podcast. Ari is still tending to some family matters, so please keep her in your thoughts. But this week, I have a special guest joining me for episode 23. This week's question is, when did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening so you never miss a show. If you enjoyed this episode, please give it a like and share it around. So with that said, please help me welcome Andrew McDowell to the Merry Writer Podcast. Andrew, thanks so much for being here this week. Pleasure to be here, Rachel, and thank you for having me. Oh, of course, anytime. You've been a, you've been a long player of the Merry Writer on Twitter, haven't you? Uh, yes. Yes, and I've been following you and Ari as well from your blogs, and I've been watching them from there too. Oh, yeah. You, you're so sweet. You're, you're always liking my blog posts and commenting and it's it's really great to connect with you in in person, so to speak. Same here. So when did you realize you wanted to be a writer? Well, that's an interesting question because I was actually technically writing before I realized it's what I wanted to do. So um, yeah, I remember beginning to write when I was around 11 years old. So it was just little stories and such. It was, they were never really long, like just a page really. But I remember sharing one in a sixth grade English class and don't really remember that much about the story. I think it might've been about wayward kids or something like that, but I remember reveling in that and having really enjoyed myself. So yeah, I loved it, but I wasn't really serious about it back then. So in fact, a lot of people in my family actually thought I was going to pursue art instead because before I was writing, I was drawing and I loved that very much. But oh, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, and I still have some drawings, the pencil drawings from later years that I thought were good, but I mean, I guess you could say I sold myself short because, you know, I was never really good at drawing people. Probably my best venture was in like perspective drawing with pencils, but, but yeah, with paint, it was, I guess I just never thought myself good, so I didn't pursue it. Yeah, well, so, that's one of the toughest things about being an artist is you look at your own work and you think it's not good, but you really just need to stick with it and keep practicing. That's true. And it's the same with writing as I would later learn. Yep. Oh, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, I began writing when I was um, 11, but I didn't get really serious about writing until I was 13. So that's when I started writing what eventually would become my novel, Mystical Greenwood. So it was my first long-term writing project. And I probably started it not taking it seriously, but, you know, dreaming about it like any kid would. And the interesting thing was I was, I hadn't let mastered keyboarding yet so I was actually writing by hand so yeah oh, wow. I remember remember the nights you know writing with pencil my so fact about me I'm left-handed so not only would my hand get tired but I would get the graphite stains on the side of my hand oh gosh how yeah. how much of the book did you write longhand a good portion of it I'm not sure exactly how I think I was getting close to the climax but wow. in, high, in my freshman year of high school that's when I finally took a keyboarding class because in the past there have been like, you know, computer games and stuff, but I never was really into computer video games and I didn't really learn well that way. But once I took a keyboarding class in my freshman year of high school, that's when I finally got good at it. And that's when I started typing long-term from now on, from then on. But even when I was writing by longhand, I, I got more and more passionate and committed about it than I was at the start. So once I got so into it, I knew I had to keep going with it. So I guess once I realized having put that much in, I knew I had to continue and I knew I wanted to be a writer. So 
when I was little, I always loved immersing myself in my imagination. I would love, mostly it was in my mind. I was like playing knights and pirates. And even when I was drawing, I liked to draw myself in that regard. It was like, you know, the imagination that I needed for, that would eventually come to writing. And another factor was I have um, Asperger's syndrome. So, so for those of listening who do not know, it's a high functioning autism spectrum disorder. So I am able to go out in public and I'm able to articulate but I've always had trouble understanding say like jokes or slang. So sometimes I can feel hurt when, without realizing it, or when I talk, sometimes I will say the wrong thing without realizing it, or perhaps the wrong choice of words or tone. But another key, key um, characteristic of Asperger's syndrome is having strong interests and fads. And I've always, that's always been a factor with me. So I always tried learning more about them and they would be so varied. So it could be about fantasy or history or just like, you know, wildlife. I always loved reading about animals as a kid. So I think that contributed to the fact that as a writer now, I want to pursue different genres. I don't want to just stick to one because I would fear, feel that would get boring after a while. I'd be typecast. Yeah, I can so, agree with that. Yeah. So ultimately, I think it was all these different combinations of, you know, my imagination and these interests. I guess it all came together at the right time. So that's what contributed to me wanting to become a writer. And so continuing on from that is, I would continue writing fiction in high school as well as poetry. And that would also, that was expressing my interest, but also I began to express the feelings in my heart with poetry as well. Because I guess like any young teen, I would, I, would, I was a, you know, a romantic. So yes, I admit I wrote poems about my crushes, but majority hey, of my awesome. high school. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I still am a bit of a hopeless romantic, but. But yeah, the majority of my high school era writing from that time has not survived. It got lost, and though a few years, few years ago I found a few of them by miracle. I thought they were lost, but they were like, you know, printed copies, so I had to retype them. So, so yeah, it was, I guess, in, by the end of middle school and going into high school, that's when I knew I wanted to become a writer, and I got serious about it. That, that's awesome. You have such a great story. Um, I mean, it's funny, like you, I took a keyboarding class my freshman year of high school, and I still don't type the right way. I just, I prefer the way I typed before I learned the proper way to do it. But I get the words down, and it's, it's true, it's a lot easier than handwriting. But there is something satisfying about handwriting a novel. Um, I've never done a full novel before, or even a large chunk of it, but I have hand-wrote short stories before. Yeah. I mean, I haven't written short, fi handwritten fiction a long time, but I still handwrite poetry first, oh, and, then yeah. I, and then I type it up. Yeah. It, you know what? I find it sometimes easier to handwrite, and then when you type it up, it's almost like you're, you're going through the first editing phase, if that makes sense, because you kind of catch what you messed up on when you were handwriting, or you have another idea that you think could go in a different direction, if that makes sense. It does. See, I started writing probably around the same age as you. I think I was about 10 years old. And my sister found a website called fanfiction.net. Have you ever heard of that website? Uh, yes, I have. Yeah, so she started writing on there. And I just wanted to copy her. So therefore, I started writing Ninja Turtles fanfiction. And she was nice enough to let me post it on her profile. And ever since then, writing has just stuck for me. So I guess in a way I started writing because my sister started writing. So with that said, did anyone encourage you to be a writer? 
oh, a number of people would have, over the years encouraged me to be, to pursue my writing. Uh, certainly um, teachers in middle school and high school. And in fact, Mystical Greenwood, my novel is dedicated, dedicated to three of them. So yeah, the first was was the teach the sixth grade English teacher to, in whose class I In fact, in my yearbook that year, she actually would write that I was a great. I think she said it was a great writer of fantasy science fiction. That she said I I know I know you'll be a great author someday. So that was before I knew I was serious about it. That's awesome. And the second of them was I think my sophomore English teacher because by then I was well into the writing. But what eventually comes to agreement, it was under a different title then, and it was still very rough. Though I had yet to realize that. But yeah, I guess there was some special books and cafe event that was going on one day and show she brought a whole bunch of us students into that. And so I actually, she actually got, enabled me to get up and talk about it. So I wasn't prepared. And so, yeah, I rambled on quite a bit. So she had to stop me. <laughs> but, but yeah, she definitely encouraged me as well as a creative writing teacher that I have. So in which I wrote a number of poems, short stories for her class. So yeah, the Mr. Greenwood is dedicated to the three of them. And it, that was continued with several So for listeners to explain my education credentials, I I studied history and English at St. Mary's College of Maryland for my undergrad, and then I went to the University of Maryland College Park for my master's in library information science. But in in college, yes, I took a number of creative writing courses. In fact, I think the majority of my English classes were creative writing. I know. In fact, in my junior and senior year, they offered for the first time senior level creative writing courses. The first was an advanced poetry workshop and the second was about the novella was the title. So I jumped at the chance to take both of those. So yes, professors and then also peers in school and college. So like they and teachers, like the teacher I mentioned, they wrote in my yearbooks and told me to keep writing. Certainly by the senior year of high school, I was definitely well known throughout the school as a writer. And even when I went to St. Mary's, once in a while, some people would come up to me and say, like say, were you the writer at high school? Did you go to Rumble High? You were, you were the writer. That's what they would say. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, and, and in fact, when I got my high school diploma, my principal actually whispered in my ear to keep writing as I walked away. So, oh, that's really sweet. Yeah, and and of course, family supported me too. And in fact, some of my relatives were my worst readers. I mean, some people say don't rely on your family right away, but I would disagree. It's certainly, especially if some of them are good with grammar and that sort of thing, they're you should definitely go to them and definitely your family, I think, is your first your first foundation of support outside of, you know, people who may not know you. So they can definitely give you the support that will give you the encouragement to keep going. Yeah, that's good advice. I think family is important and they really are your first support system, as you said. Um, my My sister has read just about everything that I've written and I've read most of her stuff as well and the two of us I'm I'm very lucky to have my sister as another writer because I do have that you know I have that writing buddy right in my own house yeah, and I have a bunch of writing writing buddies of my own now to at present I am a member of the Maryland Writers Association so that's how I made a bunch of um, connections including through one that's how I found the publisher for Mr. Greenwood and and I've also formed my own critique group so I have the buddies there. Oh, that's awesome. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah. I've gone through a number of them over the years. I mean, some fell apart and, but yeah, I'm running my own now. How long have you been running your own writers group? Well, well actually I, there was a first phase which had a bunch of different members then, but that fell apart because they had other stuff going on. So they had to, like some had to move away and others had 
had to focus on other things. So there was a while where I didn't have one, but but yeah, I was able to form it again when some new people came in. Uh, might might be a couple of years now, so oh, exactly that's sure. awesome. I haven't been keeping that much track. Yeah, I've I have a local writers group that I attend once a month at my library, but um, due to COVID nineteen, we haven't met in the past few months, and we're trying to start it back up again virtually. Uh, it's been going on since for about five years now, and it's it's still going strong. So we're hoping that the virus doesn't make it fizzle out. Yeah, yeah, we've been holding our meeting, monthly meetings on Zoom for the past few months, so we're going to try and do fa Facebook Live instead. Oh, yeah, that'd be a good idea. So how, so you've been writing since, since middle school, just about, you would say, right? Yeah. Yeah, so knowing what you know now about the writing industry, would you do anything different? Probably the first thing I would do is not learn to be more patient. As I was always in a rush when I was younger, so that's a tough one. <laughs> it's all about patience, and probably as young as a young person, I probably would not listen. Who knows? Oh I yeah, was big up, big dreamer. And I probably, I might have wanted wanted to learn more about grammar because even now I'm learning new things that I didn't really weren't really at the, the focus of my mind back then. But on the other hand, perhaps it's better that I've learned them now rather than then, because. In a way, yeah, I'm a bit true. nostalgic for that time because I, I think I enjoyed it more, and ideas seem to they seem to breed like rabbits back then more so than they do now. Okay. Yeah, I think it's, I a, it's always and fun because learning all the rules now. So perhaps it's better that I didn't learn everything right away. That I started with you know passion and dreams and just learn later. This I think, as you said earlier, that um, you have to keep learning as a writer, and so the lessons are. Yeah, you can't you just do. get them all right away. And I think mm -hmm. the other thing is, too, if you learn all the rules of writing, which, of course, rules were meant to be broken. Nobody follows all the straight rules of writing. But if you learn them when you first start, it can discourage you to continue because there is so much to learn. And who wants to focus on grammar when you want to focus on the creative part of writing? You know what I exactly. mean? It's Yeah, so... Maybe I would have wanted to learn more, but on the other hand, perhaps it's better. I think it's better that I did not. Yeah, so. you know, creating characters and throwing in, throwing them into weird plots is a lot more fun than commas, in my opinion. <laughs> yes, it is. But the not rushing, I think that's something I wish I had learned before I started writing, is that writing takes a long time, and it's very difficult to be patient with it, because... You know, you, you write a novel and you write the first draft and you edit it a couple of times, but it doesn't, you don't think of the timing it takes to actually get through it all. And even when all said, all is said and done, you still have to go through the publishing process, which in itself can take a really, really long time. Yeah, and that's, I think, the other big thing about being patient. You should not rush to get published. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's something I wish I had learned. That's something I definitely wish I had learned back then. Yeah, rushing to get published just doesn't doesn't work for anybody. You still yeah, you need to get that cover. You got to get an editor. You need to go through the whole process. Yeah, because I rushed back then, and it was actually an early version was published under a different title. So something I don't normally talk about nowadays because that's not something I want to read, and it's actually out of print now. I took it out. So I started all over, and now it's under a different title, and 
a lot has changed. But yeah, so now it's been published by an independent publisher. So, so you, you live and learn. <laughs> yes. But I think that's the whole point of writing. You, you need to keep writing, you got to practice, and you got to learn it as you go. You can't, but you can't sit down and do all the research about writing before you start, because otherwise you'll never get started. Exactly. I agree. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Well, just to let the readers know that um, in addition to my novel, Mystical Greenwood, I've had a number of minor publications over the years, mainly poetry, but also one creative nonfiction essay that, about my experiences with Asperger's syndrome and having to learn to, uh, in a way, overcome it. I probably will never fully overcome it, but to accept it as part of who I am and part of my life. So links to these, to, all, to my book and all my publications can be found on my website andrewmcdowellauthor.com. I'll repeat that one more time, andrewmcdowellauthor.com. And so Mr. Greenwood is available in paperback as well as in Kindle and Nook. And for the former, for anyone who uses Kindle Unlimited, you can get it that way. And you can also mark it on Goodreads. So yeah, for anyone who likes high fantasy and who loves nature, that would definitely, I think, be a story for you. So that's what that's what's at the heart of it. It's about the, love, the sacred importance of nature. I'm also on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and Tumblr, so anyone on there can follow and find me there as well. And also Goodreads, I'm a Goodreads author, so you can follow me that there and follow my reviews of other books. Sounds good. Thank you. Um, just out of curiosity, are you working on anything new right now? Well, I would, I've told people my main focus has been the sequel to Mr. Greenwood, but it's been extremely difficult. I've got so much else going on in my life, you know work okay. and of course with COVID going on it was been doing a lot more online marketing especially on Twitter so following the writer's lift hashtags so oh, yeah. yeah it just it's been very difficult lately for me and because I know I've got a bunch of other things going on and I've got a lot of on minor unpublished works poetry a few short stories I know I want to also venture into drama and screenwriting that was something that definitely also I think originated in high school because in high school, my the main club I was involved in was drama, so I love I loved acting. I haven't done that in a long time, but I definitely would love to write drama too. Oh, that's interesting. Have you have you ever tried it before? Like, have you written anything, or is it just a thought that you want to try someday? Well, I mean, I did try try stuff in high school, but like I said, most of my high school writing has not survived, and those were just minor stuff. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, I definitely would like to try more so in the future. I mean, I've had some ideas, but like I said, I've tried them, but a lot of the stuff is, you know, can't work. it's difficult to work on so many things at the same time. But, but yeah, the, so yeah, the sequel is the main thing. I know I've had some other stuff, including stuff that I worked on in college for some of those classes. It's like the, in that novella class, I was working on a story about neglected and abused pets. So that's something I definitely want to, Get back to get back to them. That'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, think these a, these past couple of months it's been very difficult to stay creative. It has been. Because yeah, I think in a way we need that human connection to be able to write. Sometimes being out there. Yep, that's true. Yeah, it's hard when you're cooped up. I mean, I have to say, I'm a homebody, so I do kind of enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I know what you mean. I never was like a big socialite myself, and in a way I'm glad of that, because, you know. 
there's a fine line between doing it to do, being out there too much. Yes, exactly. And this is why we write. Yes. Our imaginary friends are, are a little more comforting. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's all the time we have for today. Andrew, thanks so much for being here this week. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me. And all of the links to Andrew's social media, book, etc., are in the description below. So please do go check out his work and give him a follow. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Do let us know when you realized you wanted to be a writer in the comments or on Twitter using the hashtag TheMerryWriterPodcast. If you want to get some extra content, head on over to our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash TheMerryWriterPodcast. You can support our show and get yourself some great rewards. So tune in next week for another episode of The Merry Writer Podcast, where we ask all the right questions. Thanks for listening. Bye. This podcast is brought to you by Felt Tip Pens. We love to color code. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.